trying to make bigger profits in your small business? If you're like most of us entrepreneurs, increasing your profitability is always on your mind. You're probably looking for ways to increase your revenue while growing your company too. Well, you've found the podcast that shares ideas to help you do just that. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for a future exit. Because building a highly profitable and sale-ready business creates a win-win scenario. That's more money now and a windfall when it's time to let go. So I want to share strategies that I've learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have some news to share with you. I've released another book called The Profit Accelerator, and I'm looking for a few business owners to interview about how my book's 12 strategies would impact your industry. Go download my book for free and let me know if you'd be interested in being interviewed. I'm confident that these strategies can help any business increase their revenue, profit, and value of their company without having to pay for additional advertising or marketing. Go pick up a copy at trajectoryprofits.com forward slash book dash download. All right, listeners, my new friend is on today. We've connected so deeply. I'm really excited to have Krista Grasso on the show today. And Krista is a go-to strategic planning and systems expert for online businesses when they want to scale. She's known as the business optimizer. Krista has the ability to quickly cut through the noise and provide clarity on the core things that will make the biggest impacts to scale a business simply and sustainably. She is the founder of the Lean Out Method, creator of the Lean Business Scaling System, and a fellow podcast host of Lean Out Your Business Podcast. Welcome, Krista, to Profit with a Plan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for our discussion today. Yeah, me too. So I know that, um, you know, I like to ask the the introduction question of how in the world did you get involved with um, scaling and organize, organizing leaning out companies? What was your trigger? What was your start? So I think like so many of us, uh, we had such a winding road getting where we are and we never could have predicted being where we are today. So back in college, I was actually a fine art major and I had always had this vision of working for myself and having my own business and doing something very creative. And as I was getting close to graduation, I was thinking, you know, if I'm going to run a business and do my own thing for my whole life, I should probably know something about business. So I ended up deciding to actually get a business degree. And the irony is I don't think I used anything I learned in college to actually grow and scale my business, but I did what I thought I should at the time, graduated with a whole bunch of business, uh, college loans and debt, as many of us do. Oh my gosh, yeah. And so I decided I was going to work for a couple years, pay off the college loans while I figured out what I wanted to do for my own business. And as it just so happened to turn out, that very first job that I got was a job in a company that did lean. The job that I took on was a project management job. Um, I'd never heard of any of these things before. And the job that I thought was my, I'm going to reluctantly do this for a couple of years to make some money, ended up being something that I absolutely loved. And I never, never saw that coming. So it was wow. kind of a happy accident that I fell into lean. Um, and I fell into all things project management systems um, and really helping businesses to leverage their efficiencies to actually 
scale, increase their profits, reach more people, get better results with the products and things that they were bringing to market. And so that ended up being what I fell into. Absolutely loved it. 23 years later, I'm still doing it. And I did launch that creative business. And I ended up applying these practices to that small business, which made me realize that there's all of these other small businesses like mine that aren't leveraging the lean practices that larger companies are using because they see them as something like I did just for a large business. And they're missing some of those incredible opportunities that when right-sized and applied in the right way, have a huge impact on a small business. I love it. I love it. So I've interviewed a couple of people with lean backgrounds. So do us a favor and remind the audience what lean means. Yeah, I'm going to make it super simple. Lean is about eliminating waste and increasing value. So if you think about waste in your business, where are you spending time that you don't need to? Where are you investing money that you don't need to? Where are you putting energy into something that you don't need to? All of those are wastes in your business. And value is typically the value that your clients get from working with you. How quickly can you get them to the transformation or result or whatever it is that they want? And how can you on the back end be bringing in the level of profit that you want and making the impact that you want? So decreasing waste increasing value. That's really what lean is all about. And I think that's applicable to every business, no matter the size, scope, industry. Well said, because oftentimes people think of lean as the eliminating waste. And the original version of that is through manufacturing, right? How do you how do you eliminate waste or loss of time or productivity or equipment or or your goods that you're using to build your widget project service, whatever it is. But I love the way that you've used it into things that everybody has, their time, right? Their their efficiencies, their the 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 use of the product that builds their company. So I love that. And it's so important and so on point for the beginning of a year when people are looking at, what am I going to do this year in my business? Right? You know, what can I do to improve? how I'm going to do the things I want to do this year. And I think this is a perfect time to look inward and kind of fix some of those problems that have been hanging on with us for a long time. Right. Okay. So, so I love the idea of lean. Um, How do we go about it though? Come on. You know, this is, this is like, this is like working on a repair in a house, right? You open the wall to fix the electrical and you find, you know, $25,000 worth of work and six months worth of work. We don't want it to be like that. We want it to be simple, as you said, right? So how do we find what we're going to do, what we're going to lean out? There's so many different things that you can typically lean out in your business. But what I find is if we go and look at why do you need to lean something out? Why do you need to simplify something? It's usually that over time, we are exceptionally good at saying yes to things. And we are (laughs) exceptionally bad at saying no to things. So we end up adding, adding, adding. We're at the beginning of a new year. There's probably so many amazing things that you want to accomplish this year, new projects you want to take on, new goals and revenue targets that you want to hit. But did you take the time to actually say no to something else to create the space for the things that you want to do this year? So Mm, often we don't 
we just add, we add, 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 add. And so we end up in this place where there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of complexity. It's hard to sustain things. And we end up working way harder than we need to. So if you want to lean things out, I think the very first place to start is to get clear on what's actually important and make sure mm -hmm. that you're working on those things and not all of the things that you're doing just because you feel like you should, somebody told you you needed to, or because it, yeah, legacy <laughs> stuff that you've kind of been carting around with you from year to year, quarter to quarter, <laughs> because you never took the time to clear it out. So mm -hmm. I think first things first, you want that clarity on what is the vision that you have for your business long-term and how does that apply to this year? If we're sitting down and doing this podcast, you know, one year from today and we're looking back and chatting with you and saying, how amazing was this year for you? How, mm -hmm. how was this year like the most successful year you've ever had in your business? What would have needed to have happened for that to be true. And I think you want to start there and then you want to break that down to, okay, how am I going to get there? What are the goals? What are the specific things we're going to do? And then you want to compare that with what you're currently doing. And I bet there is probably a pretty big disconnect or a whole lot of bonus stuff that you're currently doing <laughs> that doesn't need to be done at all, or at least doesn't need to be a focus area right now. I like that. That is so important because we do stack things on top of each other and just run wild with, oh, that's a great idea. I'll add it to the thing. But I love the idea that the first place you're looking at is your own time, right? And it could even be the own time for your team as well as your own time for yourself. That looking and saying, what really do you need to be doing to reach that goal rather than just adding more garbage on, you know, not non-effective, non, non, efficient, um, non-money-making, ringing the cash register at, at activities, right? And mm -hmm. so I love that. So do you just kind of look at your calendar and go, what am I doing? Or do you start to do kind of that diet thing of like every bite you put in your mouth, you write down? So yeah, there's several different ways that, <laughs> that you can approach it. What I think, I think one of the absolute best ways to work as an individual, but also as a team is to work in focus blocks. And so one of the first things I typically do with founders is we look at their current calendar. And sometimes you're not even taking anything off your calendar, but you're restructuring how mm. and when you do what you do. And that gives you back a whole lot of time. Um, the next thing we do is I'm a big believer in capacity-based planning. If you just work off of a to-do list or off of a plan that you have, you're going to work more than you want to. You kind of mm. just wake up, you work, you stop at some point, you hopefully get a little bit of sleep, you wake up, you do it again. Whereas <laughs> Were you, you looking do... at me the other day? <laughs> Whereas if you do what I call capacity-based planning, that's where you're really clear on how much capacity you have available, how much capacity your team has available, and you're making commitments within that capacity while also creating protected space for all mm. the stuff that comes up that you couldn't have predicted, the things that come out of left field, the things that you maybe estimated and thought were going to take you two hours that take five. And so you want to be really intentional. So sometimes it's just restructuring what you already have. And other times it's just going into any time block, whether it's a week, a day, a month, a quarter with a lot of intentionality and really right. getting clear on what's the capacity I have, how much protected space do I want to hold in my calendar and what can I do and what should I do with what's left? I love it. I love it. 
designing your business in a way to be efficient and effective. Ooh, this is good stuff, Krista. Okay, so we've got clarity, right? We're, we're, we're kind of figuring out a path by knowing where we want to go and reverse engineering it. What else do we need to do? Yeah, so there's four kind of core pillars of Lean Out Method. The first is context, and that's getting clear on that vision. It's getting clear on where you want to go. It's starting with the end in mind. It's making sure that your business model is aligned. And part of that is looking at your schedule and your time. It's looking at your offers and what you're doing in your business. Mm -hmm. And then the clarity piece is the planning. It is getting clear on what are we going to be focused on right now? What is the capacity that we have? What is the skill that we have? Or maybe we need to do some learning. And then from there, it's commitment and Kaizen. And so commitment is about committing to those goals that you set, those specific outcomes that you want to achieve in the business, and then trying to get there in the most efficient, effective way possible. Running experiments, trying things out, knowing not everything's going to always work perfectly the first time out, no matter how much we want it to, and no matter how hard we plan on trying to make it work perfectly. Um, But we have to commit to keep going. We have to commit to work through some of those uh, kind of mindset challenges that might come up Mm -hmm. or roadblocks we run into along the Mm. way. And this is holistically, not just you as the founder of the business, but across your whole team. How does everyone stay focused and work in a really productive, strategic way to achieve those outcomes and to achieve them without a lot of waste, right? Um, Love it. And that's kind Love of, it. Yeah. You, you said a word that I'm not familiar with, Kaizen. What is that? Mm-hmm. So Kaizen is the fourth pillar of Lean Out Method, and it means making small, continuous improvements and changes for the better. And so I, yeah, it's such a really powerful concept. It's such a great concept. Um, It's something that I think should be a part of how we work as a whole, because if you've ever been at a point in your business where you have felt like you just want to burn it to the ground and start over, something has gotten to the point and you're like, I can't take this anymore. I can't do it. I'm shutting down this program. I'm shutting down this offer. Maybe I'm shutting down this whole business. Um, That's usually a good indicator that you did not have a culture of Kaizen in your business Mm, because yeah, what you're doing with Kaizen is just those small changes. You're constantly looking at how can I incrementally make this just a little bit better? How can I optimize what's already working really well in the business? How can we use data? And it could be quantitative, it could be qualitative, but how do we reflect and look at what's working and what's not so we can make really strategic decisions in the business, but how do we do it proactively? So the changes we're making are these small improvements and experiments instead of waiting for things to get to a point where your only option is to completely like take it to the ground and start over again or make really dramatic revolutionary changes. And I think I think monumental micro changes, right? You know, the little ones that have big effect later on make it easier for people to change along with them too, right? So if mm-hmm. you kind if you totally scrap your accounting system and put in a new accounting system, people are going to freak out, right? And there's going to be problems and delays and learning curves and everything else. But if you change a method or if you improve a process that you do to effect, effectively make it better, even if it's just um, a way that you communicate with your customers or a little thing that they can do, you can do to make that relationship deeper. I'm totally visualizing this now as 
easier rather than, you know, harder when you get to that breaking point, right? Oh, completely. And you said something that I think is so important because when I think about my Simplify to Scale program, it's a really robust program. There's a lot of content in it. And so I look every single week at what are the small incremental changes that I could make to continuously improve the user's experience. So they Mm. could maybe take something and they could learn it in a simpler, easier way. And so I literally dedicate one hour a week and one hour a week only to improving that product. And every single week I go in and spend an hour and I look at it through the lens of what are those small continuous improvements I can make to this so the user gets a better experience and gets to the result and transformation that they want quicker. What most people do is wait until a program is so outdated and they've got so many complaints from people that it doesn't work anymore. And they're like, should I even keep selling this thing? Do I need to completely re-record everything from scratch and start over? And I think that's just one like small example of it, but you could apply that to every single facet of your business. I like it. I like it a lot. And, and um, something I learned, uh, you know, more designed for coaches and consultants, you know, when you have a program that you want to have it one easy win goal at the end rather than giving delivering you know the entire house and kitchen sink and your your 30 years of knowledge that you've put into something that will overwhelm them so even on the consumer side they want simpler you know results they they want it how can you make it you know five steps or three steps or something that's easier and the only way you can do that is by improving a little bit along the way. Uh-huh. I like this. I could use this like everywhere, everywhere along it. Wow. Okay. So you've given us, you, you just gave us a lot, right? Um, re- refresh me again. We go into clarity. We go into commitment, right? Um, what's the third one again? We go into. Yeah. We start with context. We move into context. clarity, then commitment. And finally, then Kaizen. Kaizen. So is Kaizen a C or a K? K. Oh, darn. Otherwise, you're not C, but same sound. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. So how what are some of the places you mentioned time as the first place you want to look at to improve and lean out your company? What are some of the other places that we might want to peek into when we're looking at improving our processes and, and becoming better at what we're doing, simplifying it? Yeah, absolutely. When I think about operational efficiency and I think about improvements, right, there's always your time, there's your money, um, Mm. there's your energy. So how fulfilling is something? How rewarding is something? Do you leave something feeling really drained or do you leave something (laughs) feeling really fueled? Right. So I think that that's important. But I also think of the value component of it. And I think about how are you delivering on the value that you promise and why your clients are choosing to work with you in whatever capacity, whether it's a course, a service, a program, um, a product, whatever that ends up being, they buy it for a reason. How can Mm -hmm. you make sure that they get it? So when I'm thinking of efficiencies, I'm always looking at how can we improve upon all of those? How can we, in the time that we have, not just work less? Like some people are working exactly the number of hours that they want to work. A lot aren't, but let's pretend you are. Um, Okay. Okay. (laughs) 
Is your time going on things that fuel you? Is your time going on the highest leveraged activities, the things that only you can do, and or if it's your team, the things that only they could do, and that are going to get you to your goals, to your vision, in the best, most simple, streamlined way possible. So there's looking at all of those different facets. When you look at your finances, right? Are you actually keeping as much of the money that you're able to keep in what you're doing? People, as you know, because this is your area of expertise, get super focused on revenue and sometimes miss out on profitability. And if you want to actually raise your profit margin, you can go sell a whole lot more or you can cut out a whole lot of waste in what you're currently doing and improve your profit margin that way from what you're already selling. Um, Same thing, like you want to go get, you know, new revenue in the business. Well, you could go sell something new or you could just create an incredible experience and retain an existing client. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of different ways that you can do things. And so to me, it's just really looking very holistically at all the different facets of your business and how they interrelate. So I think time is an excellent place to start because the reality is most of us are very time poor. We're very (laughs) overloaded or we aren't super happy with how we're spending our time. So that gives us great momentum forward. And it also gives us some space usually so we can focus on the other things so we can drive more value for our clients, more profit for the business. And so we feel more fulfilled in the work that we're actually doing. Love it. Wow. Those are really, really impactful. And thank you for bringing it back around to the profitability talk because spot on, you can either increase revenue or cut costs and cutting costs is a lot easier and 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 the numbers make better sense with it. So really spot on with that. But I found it interesting that it wasn't just time and money, but it was your energy and your 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 um your enjoyment of the of the task and place and where your business is. And then the value for the customer, right? Um, that is really important, I think, for you to stay ahead of the competition, for you to stay in, in engagement with the revenue coming in, right? You can, if they're happy, they'll buy more or they'll stay longer or they'll be interested to buy the next thing that you're releasing um, because you've provided the value that they know they need. And we know that business is like that repair, right? Where you open the door and you find that there are more things to do because if they buy one thing from you, chances are when that is mastered, the next logical step could be from you as well. So I love the relationship you can deepen with that. But you know, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed here because there's a lot to do, right? So in using that Kaizen theory, you know, how much time should we be spending on improving and leaning out our business each day, week, month, quarter? Yikes. <laughs> I see a long laundry list of things that need to be done. <laughs> it is such a great question. And I always say, like, we all know the phrase, like, work smarter, not harder. I love, I love that approach. I feel like that's like one of my core philosophies. But the reality is, and something that most people don't talk about, sometimes you have to work a little bit harder in order to actually work smarter. It's not magic. You can't just say work smarter. And it's like, Poof, oh, I got all There's this no stuff on my calendar. There's no magic wand. <laughs> I'm still trying to find one of those. If I do, I will let you know. But thank you. And so 
I think you do need to be really strategic about it. And there's two ways that you can approach it. You can say, you know what, going into this upcoming quarter, we're all going to commit to put a little bit of extra time in right now because we know that we're actually going to get five times that time back going forward, not just in the following quarter, but like forever, because we're going to put systems in place. We're going to put automations in place. We're going to be really smart and strategic at what we do. We're going to look at what we can cut. That's one way that you can do it. The other way you can do it is here's my capacity. I'm going to make a capacity-based plan, and I'm just going to make sure that I prioritize this going into the next time block, and therefore something else doesn't get done. So you can Mm. choose to have it be a temporary ad, and a lot of people do, but if you're really smart and strategic with your time and you do those capacity-based commitments, it doesn't have to be something extra, but it does have to be instead of something else because you already had that time filled. So I think those are the decisions that you need to make with your team. Something that I find to be incredibly, incredibly helpful is Mm. a technique that I developed called the optimization hour. And I think sometimes we can't commit to doing a whole lot of things, but we can all find an hour in our week to focus on optimization. And so if you have yourself and every single member of your team, like your core team, every week focus on taking something that's working and making it even better. And you can prioritize what those things are. You can agree as a team or you can let people go off and do what they want. Sometimes people really love to just kind of pick something and go and try to make it better. You end up with those Kaizen kind of culture in your business. You end up with those small continuous improvements and it gives you a whole lot of time back. You get a really big return on that hour that people are investing. I love it. And it gets buy-in, right? Because everybody wants to feel like they have um, they've partnered in the the growth of the company, right? They feel more satisfied that they had um, a, 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 an idea that turned into something better, right? That's and I think that's the 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 culture that we're in right now with the with the generation that's working. They may not want more money; they want more input. They want more value. They want more appreciation inside the company um, and and so on. And I think this is a way to get their buy-in as part of your company and pushing that big boulder up the hill. They'll help. They will. And also, if you think about it, how many times in a week do you have a conversation of, oh, this drives me crazy. If only I had the time to get to it. Every single person on your team feels that way, too. And when you give them that protected space, they know they get an hour every week where they can optimize something. They can make something better. All of those things start to disappear because they're waiting all week for their optimization hour to finally be able to go organize the file so they can find those pictures that they need to to create the social media graphics so they can go do this. And not only do they get the buy in, but they're looking forward to it because that's the protected space to fix all the stuff that frustrates them and gets in their way of delivering the quality you know, result that they want for your business or doing what they love most. I like it a lot. And it is so needed. I mean, my goodness, there's so many times. I just this year, um, no, actually last fall, I, I initiated initiated it where Friday afternoons, there's a couple of hours that um, after two to five, I put it in where I can either go play golf or I can work on my business or I can go get my nails done or whatever, where where that's a time for me that I can catch up on a project or do things that I have. So 
funny enough, I've already kind of implemented that time slot, but I think it's more important to come back and go, well, you know what? That's a perfect time to put that optimization hour in there where I can make a process better. Um, I can work with my team to have them do that same thing. And I love it if we did it together, I'm just imagining this even more, that we set some objectives that we wanna improve this year, just like we set our objectives for our goals that we're gonna achieve this year, that if we set, if we have those linked or aligned, right, then they're going to help everything else go along too. So they're not randomly going, well, I just wanna re-alphabetize the, the filing system. You know, there's no real gain from that. But if you were, if it was a part of the goal that we're trying to achieve, then you're getting a double win on it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's, like as it. soon as you get the practice in place, you can start to get really str uh, strategic with it. And it's amazing the impact that it can have and just how excited people get for that hour. You wouldn't think so. They will get really excited for that hour when you give them the protected space to go make their world better and make the company better. I love it. And, and you get, you get that, you get the kudos afterwards. Congratulations, John. Congratulations, Jill. You did that. You made it improved. And guess what? Here's the impact of what you did. So when I give you the raise next, you know, next time, you know, you've impacted the company's bottom line, right? So it gives, it gives the company some win on it as well that allows you to reward um, your employees because you've given them the tools. So talk, let's add in HR here, right? You know, and, and keeping and developing good employees out of it. Wow. I mean, <laughs> we could talk for days on this stuff, Chris. I know it is, right? There's, there's just so many areas that we can all improve our businesses. And what a perfect time as January's rolling along that we're talking about, you know, we're talking about improvements. So Krista, where can listeners find out more about you and your lean out method and my goodness, getting their optimization hours stacked in? Yeah, absolutely. So if you head over to leanoutmethod.com, you will find all of the things. But if you want to know the top 10 areas that I see most businesses where they have wasted time, money, and energy, I actually have a guide that walks you through it. You get to self-assess where you're at in each one of them. And there's some great tips on some things you can do based on where you're at. And that's leanoutmethod.com slash waste. Wow. Love it. And so important. You know, thank you. That's generous to give us a guideline of where to get started with that. And I know that there's a lot more inside your sphere that people can get some help and guidance on this because, you know, coming from the coaching and consulting world, you can't often do it alone. You can, but it's better when you use someone else's experience, knowledge, and systems and processes to speed that up. So um, I encourage listeners to reach out to you as well and get some help doing this because, wow, imagine all the time you get back, all the extra money you have, um, the more value to your clients you have and the enjoyability you have because you're doing things to make it better. Love this stuff. All right, listeners, I hope you found a couple of ideas today. I am like, my mind is spinning right now on the things that I can add to my business this quarter that will improve it and make it better. And I hope you have found more ideas that will make your business more profitable as well. Don't forget that it's important now to focus on growing your business and its revenue. Go download my book and it's 12 strategies that will dramatically increase your revenue, profit, 
and the value of your company without having to pay for additional advertising or marketing. Go pick up your copy at trajectoryprofits.com forward slash book dash download. And Kristen, I would love to hear what's going on. What are you going to, what have you committed to change? What was that one thing that you're going to do or initiate in your company to lean out your company? Hit us up in the comments and tell us what you're going to do and we'll respond back. And while you're at it, subscribe to today's show so you can catch future podcasts. And as always, you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks so much, Krista. Thanks for having me.